Hello everybody, this is Chris from the Dub Dub Review. Before we start today's show, I wanted to briefly talk about the Patreon page for the Dub Dub Review podcast. So when we launched the Patreon page, we weren't sure what kind of reception we were going to get from everybody, or frankly, what kind of content we were going to put on the Patreon page. And I am honored to say we are completely humbled and we're awestruck at the reception that, that we've received from having the Patreon page and account. I would tell you more about the tiers of what you can earn, and I promise you it's worth your time from from being on the show, stickers, mugs, shirts, all that good stuff. But really, the coolest part about that is the off-the-cuff podcasts that occur. And these aren't podcasts that would occur in the regular dubs podcast feed. These are Patreon-exclusive. And it's really been a, really enjoyable. It's We've had about five episodes so far, and we're putting them out one per month, and we have plans for more. And there are like episodes like uh, we talked about the giant brawl at Disneyland in full detail. We did a complete interview with Stacy Nyman. Everything about Stacy you'll ever want to know. It is really cool how we can put this together, and it's really a tight community it's going out to. So the conversations are really frank and open and honest, things you won't hear on the regular show. So if you're interested in all, it's very inexpensive to join, or whatever you want to donate, we'd be We'd be more than happy and and we're more than honored you'd even consider it. So again, it's patreon.com backslash the dubs. Thank you. Hello, welcome to the Dub Dub Review. I'm your host, Chris Malik, and I'm joined by my co-host, Emeritus, Michael Black. Michael, how are you? Doing fantastic this morning, Chris. By the introduction, people might know, we are going to put out a news show today after a hiatus here. It seemed like the news kind of got away from us in the summertime with the kids' schedules and being off and whatnot. So... I've got you back on to talk about a few things that just recently hit the news. But before we do, tell me something good or that's changing in your life, buddy. Uh, Well, uh, we are now in the process of finding our home closer to Disney. Um, When we moved back to Florida, we kind of moved a little farther away, uh, about 45 minutes to an hour away from, you know, the theme park area. And, um... I recently got started a new job, which is closer to where we used to live in Davenport, and Christina also started a job there. So we've been driving back and forth, so we're really excited about finding our new place there um, and then getting everything moved and starting our life closer to the parks again. Um, so, about, I mean, we love the fact of being able to, in the evening after work, go over to Food and Wine or go over to uh, just experience Magic Kingdom for the evening. And that's been kind of difficult since we've gotten back down here. I know everyone listening is like, Mike, that's a first world problem. I mean, literally, you're an hour away from the parks. But realize that in Florida traffic, that hour could easily be an hour and a half. And it's uh, Florida drivers, you know, just hashtag Florida drivers, you know. 
It is. And, and when you throw, like I, I've heard, you know, when you talk to Pete about when, when you live down here, it's your real life is intertwined. Yeah, if I'm on vacation, an hour drive, nothing. Um, but after working eight hours, driving 45 minutes home, you know, to get the boys and then driving another hour back in and then driving an hour back, you're three hours out of your you know yeah. your day right there just to go spend maybe even just two or three hours um so i just can't wait until that's kind of toned down a bit so that's exciting it is exciting us. i'm excited for you you need you need help of the chris malik moving company absolutely <laughs> and if you're not here i can i have ways to make it look like you were but i am helping very good very good <laughs> okay so before we really get into the show, um, I would tell you some good stuff about my life. Some of that recently involves that uh, indie Disney meet, but that show is going to come out very soon with Stacy and I wrapping up some great stories. I've got some really funny stories uh, about everything and and some stories of of like almost like sheer terror. Um, poor Stacy Britta wasn't feeling well and. But everything was a very good experience. But that show will be out in a little bit. Uh, so I guess I'm going to kind of segue right into the show, if you don't mind. We we looked upon the news, and Michael and I plan on doing a new show and starting this back up in the fall. And you know, today was going to be one of the one of the first shows, and we looked upon the news, and I'll be honest, this is a lighter news week, even to start up, and be questionable whether or not we should do a show. But as we looked a little deeper into some of the stories, there were things we really wanted to discuss. So. Uh, we've got about five or six pieces here, and, and bear in mind, right now, we're not going to burden you with things like the newest popcorn bucket. We want to talk about things that might, you know, help form an opinion of the Disney company. And like usual, we're going to try and and give you both good and bad of the news. Uh, it's not going to completely be our opinion. It's not going to be completely read from the script of Disney Parks blog or or WDW News Today. But uh, we're going to try and give you an overall good, rounded opinion of everything that hits. First and foremost, let's talk about Catherine Powell. You got that news story, Michael? I do. Okay. Um, and Catherine Powell, who uh, was the president of Disney's Disney Parks West, um, she has resigned her post. And this, I'm reading this article from Inside the Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, amid disappointing numbers in attendance at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Um, Now, it states that her position has been eliminated. Um, She's still going to work to assist her staff in transitioning to report to, you know, the chairman of Disney Parks. So uh, it's the position's basically been eliminated. And, you know, they say it's a reaction to low attendance numbers or what has been going on with Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland and Walt Disney World. But I, there's got to be more that goes into the story, I would imagine, um, for that to happen. She has been there for quite a while. And it, it, it also, you know, comes as a contradiction a little bit to Bob Iger saying that he promises to have more women in top executive positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so for almost immediately after that, for a woman in a top executive yeah. position to, you know, uh, resign there. I'm thinking there need there has to be something more to that. Um, you know, Galaxy's Edge has been, as far as attendance numbers, not quite what Disney I know had expected. But I think there's a lot of factors that played into that, and some, you know, not all of that is contributable to her. 
Correct. All right. So there's a, there's a lot in that story. Let's unpack this a bit. So we've got, <laughs> so if you've been on social media in the last few days, you'll see this story with various headlines from the Hollywood Reporter to whatever about a top Disney exec steps down amidst low attendance. And the way the story is portrayed in the headlines, it's stars, Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge, the attendance is terrible. This woman was forced to step down as a direct result. And I think that's part of the fuel. But like you said, if you read the headlines, you would you would think that they literally walked into her office and says, it was a terrible decision. The attendance is awful. You're out. But you got to read a little deeper. So how long was she with the company, Michael? Do you oh, know? I think yeah, I don't. I think it was uh, like fifteen years, it's something fif- around there. Fifteen years, and she came from like a, a sales position with the BBC. So she's been with the company for fifteen years. Yes, Galaxy's Edge attendance hasn't been what they would like. Partially, I feel because they legitimately, intentionally opened it in the softest season possible, late summer very early fall when attendance is going to start to decline naturally as kids are back in school so it's very tough to go and say that that's the you know uh, the direct reason why she stepped down she did not get fired like you mentioned she was reassigned to a different position was this like again directly result of that did she have more motivation internally did she take a different position with the company anything could be in the story but again when you're reading a new story i encourage you to read it from multiple sources and then think with a critical mind she did not get reassigned based on the attendance of this you know directly now watch, by the time we release this, it'll be, she'll come out and she'll say, I was legitimately, so Chris is completely wrong, never mind that part. However, she's a super talented person, and the part that really stuck with me was your last sentence about Bob Iger. Bob Iger says, we are going to put women and our best quality employees and our smartest and brightest and and, and, and our, you know, you know, these high-powered critical thinking women in these top executive positions but not for Catherine powell she's fired you know that doesn't exist like that so i i thought there's more that's going on than a knee-jerk reaction of one small segment of the parks to lose a 15-year executive of the disney parks company agreed agreed and you know there were certain aspects that could have been done differently if we compare it to Pandora. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pandora, when it opened, it was small, only had two attractions, had one shop, one restaurant, uh, but it was complete when it opened. It was, you know, you could ride both attractions. It was a complete land when it opened. Um, Star Wars Land, it almost seemed like they wanted to get it out, even though Rise of the Resistance was not completed. They wanted to get this thing, and I don't know if it was to try to curb the crowds a little bit, mm-hmm. but. That would be in complete contrast to if that was what Disney was trying to do, she accomplished it, and still there's an issue. So there there must have been a middle ground there that was not met uh, to how they wanted the numbers to look. There there must have been – we don't want total hysteria, but we just want to knock it back a little bit. Um, And so it is what it is. So let's talk about this opening attendance for just a moment here. We're just going to take a brief segue here and talk about this. So give me a reason why, besides the soft season, why you would think this might have suffered like it has. So Disney's not required to report numbers, but 
by everyone's pictures, posts, wait times, the initial like like tsunami of human presence didn't occur. Why do you think that is? I, I think it has to do with a few factors, and they may have contributed to some of it by all the hype that they put out there stating that it was going to be crazy, that you, everyone was going to Star Wars at Galaxy's Edge, so you needed to be there. A lot of people, that may have turned a lot of people off and mm-hmm. said, well, I'm going to wait. And then you partner that with the fact that only one of the two attractions is open. People be like, well, I'm going to wait until A, the crowds die down, and B, I can experience both attractions at the same time, I don't have to go back. Park tickets aren't cheap. Mm-hmm. And for people who aren't annual pass holders, people who are planning vacations, they don't have you know, the budget to plan two $5,000, $6,000, $7,000 vacations down to see Star Wars land. Yeah. So they're, you know, they may have been waiting. And, and I'm not saying that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is not going to be popular for years to come. And it's not going to fill their parks. And you, you loved it when you were there. You thought it was fair. I did. Yeah. I, yeah, I did. I absolutely did. Uh, the the sounds and the ambiance and the just the overall thing. It was fantastic. I can't wait to go back. And that's something different from Pandora mm-hmm. because Pandora I saw, thought it was beautiful, thought it was amazing. But, eh, I, you know, I, I've only been back twice since. So, but Galaxy's Edge, I'm like, wow, I, I really want to go back. There's tons of things I missed and I'm excited to go back. So that's good. And I think that that's going to be the plus with Galaxy's Edge moving forward. It's something that will continue to be popular. It will continue to drive attendance. And I think that overreacting to the initial attendance is kind of silly, in my opinion. Okay, let me let me take this and then one more step then. So in today's age of information with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, ease of access to information from a bunch of news outlets, some credible, some not, I think I think people are genuinely not necessarily smarter but better informed with what's going on so um in the second piece of information this is what i I mean by that so let's say you have a family and let's say you have a wife who is a giant star wars fan well you know what actually uh, let's do this let's talk about lisa yost and her husband kenny and they're a perfect example to the situation so lisa's a huge disney fan and she wants to be at the parks. Her husband, Kenny, I would say he's a Disney fan, but he's much less of a Disney fan than Lisa. His intention was, we'll bring the family back to Walt Disney World when Star Wars Land's open. So, great. We got Star Wars Land open, and I know we're just referring it to as Star Wars Land. Lisa then goes to tell Kenny, hey, Kenny, look, it's open. Do you want to consider a trip? And Kenny says, okay, tell me what's in the park. Well, we got... We got one attraction, <laughs> right? We've got a good restaurant, and we can build lightsabers, but only two of us, and it costs 200 bucks to build lightsabers. I mean, I think people are more educated now than they've been before. And when you were there, you said, Chris, the theming is unbelievable. But I think that people just expect more nowadays. So on the heels of Pandora, where there were a few attractions, and, you know, I mean, it wasn't like they opened it up with eight attractions again we're going to go back to sesame street land you know over at SeaWorld, and i know i'm using the wrong yeah. name so please don't don't crucify me like eight attractions four restaurants a show like completely fleshed out from a to z and i think that people now looked at it and said well hang on is is that really the 
what, what you're going to give us? Is that the best you could do? So, you know, I keep on thinking of like Lisa and Kenny. And if I was Kenny and I wasn't committed to going, I'd be like, come on. Seriously? Yeah, hit me up when there's like three or four attractions and a few restaurants and like I could spend four hours or three hours in that land alone, you know? And I, I think people are smarter, yeah. especially when I think we are getting close to the public tipping point of where the money's at as far as entrance, as far as day passes. I think we're really close to that. I know it's on par with concerts, and I know it's on par with like uh, other things like if you took your family to a, a, a football game or something along those lines. But it's really close. You can't tell me those Magic Kingdom tickets, which are, you know, well past $100 if you just bought a single-day ticket, you know, with taxes. What is it now? It's about 130 bucks. Yeah, um, it's up there. You can't tell me that for, uh, again, the Yost family, two adults, and they've got a little one who's just about 10, and they've got a little one who's obviously going to be free for a year or two. Is that going to be worth $400 for them to get in for that day? Yeah, yeah. And that's just not even food. I don't know. I don't think it is. So people are better informed. And, you know, I think we just expect more right now. It doesn't mean it's not good. But, but dang, for like five months, everything you saw from the, you know, from the Walt Disney World Company was the, the opening of Galaxy's Edge and, and the opening of Black Spire Outpost and Olga's Canteen and everything was going to be fabulous. And then when they opened it, they were like, that's it. You know, heck, Toy Story Land, Michael, opened up with several attractions. They opened up at least three, you know, attractions in Toy Story Land. So I'm just saying that, wow, what a lot of hype. And so poor, making this full circle, poor Catherine Powell, who was probably ordered, get this open quickly. This has got to be fully themed. It doesn't matter if it's fully ready. We got to get it open. We got to answer the crush. Well, people are better informed. You know, doesn't mean that 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 everyone who reads it. I mean, again, you're going to see some crazy news articles that spin things one way or another. But you know, we're smarter theme park goers? Question mark? Maybe. You know, I don't know, but we're better informed. Mm-hmm. Anyways, getting off my high my soapbox there for reasons. Anyways, she's still with the company, and people tend to move around. It's not necessarily vertically; it's up and out or whatever. It's 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 a lot of its lateral movement. So. I fully expect that the Disney company will do the right thing and put their best and brightest in good decision-making positions. So let's get off that topic, would you? Let's talk about something that affects me directly. How about the plant-based dishes coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland? Um, and an excitement level for you, I imagine this is probably not very good. What, what do you think the excitement level is for, for you, Mike? Tell me. I Yeah, I, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you if I've had plant-based food i i don't even know what that consists of okay so um so you guys know that i've uh, i'm not a vegetarian i'm a pescatarian it's a it's it's a newly made up word as of about five years ago so i will eat fish but i haven't eaten chicken beef pork turkey poultry anything along those lines uh moose <laughs> i haven't eaten that in, in going on 14 years so it's no been, moose. No moose. I've been I've been moose free for fourteen years. This is it's hard to believe. I know. Anyways, uh, so plant based dining has been an important part of my life. It provides me a lot of protein sources. So when we started this off going to Walt Disney World, when we started this diet, like legitimately, there was very little You're vegetarian. Good luck. You know there. You know there are there are websites and podcasts dedicated to just this and. 
Before this, there wasn't a whole lot of options. But anyways, let me let me read uh, a few lines here. You cool with that? Oh, yeah. I, I want to learn more. All right. So Disney Parks blog, the, the headline is, Hundreds of plant-based dishes are coming to Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Okay, so there is, it's going to feature a new plant-based menu icon when you look on the maps, so you'll know where they are. There'll be hundreds of sweet and savory creations, um, and it could be sweet, Michael. Um, so things like cheesecake might get replaced with a a vegan version of cheesecake, you know, so it would not contain the milk. So don't think of it as just like veggie burgers. There's a bigger influence we're always looking for ways to bring more flavor, innovation, and creativity to the Disney dining experience. And guest feedback is first on the menu when we evolve our menus and develop new dishes. That's a direct result. I don't know if you've seen now, um, you know, with that Impossible Burger over at Burger King. Um, Kentucky Fried Chicken has a a plant-based chicken item in the works using their, their breading and their coating. So... Fast food has not been able to go and shy away from this and say, those kooks, <laughs> they have to embrace that. <laughs> it's coming. It's around the corner for pretty much for everybody. Uh, fun and flavorful options are made of plant-based ingredients like vegetables, fruits, grains, nuts, seeds, and legumes, beans, and are made without animal meat, dairy, eggs, or honey. Okay, From comfort food classics to exciting new dishes, the adventurer in all of us with everybody will find something to delight their taste buds. So, this does not necessarily mean healthier. Okay, I want to get that out there right now. Plant-based. It doesn't necessarily mean healthier. You want to know why I say that? Go to Trader Joe's. Do you have Trader Joe's down by you, Michael? Do, do you I, don't, I don't know if we do or not. I've never been in one down here. I know that uh, we had one in Ohio, but I've never been to one down here. Okay. So, Trader Joe's, for, for allergy reasons, my nephew used to have this, this uh, uh, vegan cream cheese substitute. Look on the back of that nutritional information, and it's a boom when you look on the back of it. So just because it's plant-based, it doesn't necessarily mean healthier. A lot of times, the sodium's higher. Um, but what I'd like to think, at least for me, is that the decision to eat a plant-based menu makes me more conscious of what I'm eating, which in turn at least makes me feel like I'm making healthier choices. It doesn't mean it's so. If you have four veggie burgers in a day, I can guarantee you, you will have a lot of sodium and you will feel very, very unhealthy at the end of the day. So it's just, uh, there is a segment of the population that's more conscious and making a conscious decision of what they're eating. It could be for moral reasons. It could be for health reasons. It could be for anything. Uh, but it was inevitable that the Disney park said, okay, this minority is becoming larger and they're vocal. So we better go put something out to go and appease them. But it's not even like appease them anymore is that we have to make it again. We have to make it good. So yeah, they're going to go and make sure that if this hits, I'm going to be willing to say that there'll be way more hits and successes than clunkers in this menu. You know, sometimes you try something, you're like, this is not good. This is bad. You know, this, I'm thinking there'll be a lot of hits on this menu for people. Yeah, and it's like that with anything. It doesn't matter if it's plant-based or just something they're trying out. You know, some are going to hit, some are going to miss. So, so a lot of this sounds really good. So let, let me give I mean, you a tip here from from one dude who's experienced in eating a lot of like vegetarian options. If you look on the back of like the Boca Burger or the uh, Morningstar Farms or those commercially based ones, the first ingredient is something called soy protein isolate. Okay, so it's 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 a derivative of soy, but 
it's kind of like this this mutant version. So soy protein isolate is something it's in cliff bars. It's in the most commercially used products. But it's proven to increase the risk of breast cancer in women and men. So soy protein isolate, there you can eat that in everyone's diet. There's a space for everything. There's a space for, for vodka in your diet, for red meat, for gyros, for soy protein isolate. There's a space for everything. It's not the overconsumption of this. If you're looking to start, find something that is whey protein, which is a derivative of milk. So if you're lactose intolerant, I apologize. Whey protein isolate stays in your body longer and your body absorbs more of it. You feel fuller. So check for something that says whey protein isolate. That's a better version of that for you. Um, Pea protein, not what you think I just said, (laughs) pea a protein michael all right stop with the chuckling that's a better version as well too okay so um and skip the morningstar farm skip the boca go to your store go to like meyer or you have meyer down there no we do not okay no. what do you have down there for goodness sake we have Publix, chris just, we have public just joking and win dixie i know find this product it's called corn q u <laughs> that's no, this product it's called corn. It's called corn. All right, it's it's shaped like a cob. It has kernels. You would you would pull. It's called corn. It's been you around for, it in a can frozen. It's been around for for five thousand years. No, it's called corn. Q U O R N. Um, and we're gonna do a special on corn because I love corn of the cob. You know, <laughs> bicolor, me rye corn, all these. Oh, never mind. They make like a chicken substitute, and it's like little chicken nuggets or chicken patties. And it's like spot on, really, really good. You put that on like a, a hamburger bun with some, it's it's amazing. Corn, Q-U-O-R-N, okay? And they use a different kind of protein called mycoprotein, which is mycoprotein, which is actually a fungus. I know this is like the weirdest show we've ever done in our life. Um, skip away from their, their vegetarian burgers. They're awful, but their, their, their chicken products are amazing. So that's the vegetarian corner for today on the WW Review. <laughs> Anyways... Just getting through this. Awesome! I'm excited. You make you make the uh, uh, the foodie vegetarian and meat very very happy. So kudos to the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resorts. All right, let's get off the the vegetarian items. Um, what do you know about uh, Elena of Avalor? You've got to have some kind of insight. Does this Cameron? Does Jordan? Does does anybody have any insight to Elena of Avalor? She came in right at the end of Cameron's Disney Junior you know, viewing. Uh, so I, I haven't really watched many of those episodes. Like hard to believe was, Michael, you're not watching Elena at the house right now. Come on. You're disappointing me here. Well, I'm telling you when Cameron was, I mean, we watched a lot of Sophia. We watched a lot of Jake and the Neverland pirates. And I mean, I watched a lot of Disney junior stuff, but she came in after, you know, when he was, you know, going over to YouTube Gotcha. More so, and that's that's his primary viewing consumption is YouTube at this point. Okay, I can't really make that. I can't make fun of you because I have a little girl, and she liked watching Elena, but it like never was like, oh my gosh, I absolutely have to watch Elena. She, it was never like something that like she really needed to see on TV. Um, but it was another cool option, so I appreciated that. You know what makes that cool? Recently, what's that? All right, here's what's cool about this. Something new, okay? So, 
there's a new season on October 7th, and I know that's not what's cool. <laughs> what, 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 there's a new season, Michael. You've got to DVR it. It's awesome. Cannot uh, wait. Cannot wait. Here's what's cool about it. The season uh, Elena of Avalor will celebrate a special Hanukkah-themed episode. All right, so Jamie Singler will be voicing a visiting princess from a Latino Jewish kingdom, making her Disney's first Latina Jewish princess. So I know that doesn't sound like a big deal because, I mean, if you put all the princesses in a lineup, you'd be able to pick them out. I mean, I mean, they're largely white, you know? So, and then and then you, you have, you know, the representation of Pocahontas, which could be seen as, I don't know if we like that being the American, you know, Native American presence because of the stereotypes, but you have a Native American princess. You have Elena of Avalar, which is a Latino princess, right? You have, mm-hmm. um, um, Jasmine. You have Jasmine, right? You have Tiana. You have, you you know, you have Mulan. So, you know, the Jewish population, that's that's important. I I, I love the new... Actually, that new story, it made me smile more than, I think, any of the other new stories. Just seeing... Now, I don't want it to be just a small part. I want it to be prominent. I'd love to see her present, you know, in, in, in the parks. I'd love to see more of her. There are little girls watching TV that 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 look up to these Disney princesses, obviously. And having a person that looks and and feels and you can touch and you can you can you can you can grab onto, that's super important. So um kudos for doing it. Shame on you for doing it so late. You know? I, I think it's a great yeah. story. It is, and I think at any time diversity is key and I think in the world we live in it's getting smaller and smaller every day I think that some of the biggest hurdles we face is not understanding each other and not only is it good for the little girls who can look up uh, to this princess as something that that they understand but also for those who may not know a lot about different cultures to get to become more familiar. And I think that that's crucial as we move forward, because I think a lot of um, issues we have now is with ignorance and not ignorance in the fact that people are just stupid or whatever. It's just ignorance about where other people are coming from. It's hard to be empathetic, you know, to people if you don't understand where they're coming from. And I I think that's really the key. If we can get more and more of this out in front of, uh, I think children is a great way to start because, you know, a lot of times parents are set in their ways, but even at that point, a parent looking on watching this can be like, Oh, I understand that now, you know, and, and maybe that will lead to less, I don't know, less tensions and frustration moving through the days so it boils down to two words for me and i know this is like please chris this is about elena perspective and priority is Mm -hmm. is not every perspective has to be the one that you directly see in front of you you got to be willing to accept other perspectives and you need context in there too as well but priorities is you got to make it a priority that your opinion however firmly you believe your opinion and this is involving politics sports is if you want to be an educated person and engage in a discussion, you've got to be willing to accept other perspectives and you've got to be willing to try to understand why they feel that way. So agreed upon what you say. Um, and again, I don't want to see, I just don't want to see one 
uh, um, princess that's African American and one princess of Asian descent. I, I want to see a bunch. I want to see a bunch. It's a shame that that you know my my wife's friend Jenny, you know, and 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 she's Chinese and she's going to go down to Walt Disney World. So who are the kids going to gravitate to? One princess, you know, if they are lucky enough to see Mulan in the park. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 shame. Shame on that. But it has to start somewhere. So kudos, keep it up, you know? It, it, this comes from a 44-year-old guy looking at this, you know? Seriously, it, there's got to be more. Uh, I I I'm I'm really happy to read that story. Let's get to something that seems to be a topic of conversation and kind of controversial and you and I both can't figure out why <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot all right dude let's talk about right. this because literally we could go on a soapbox rant and uh, but anyways hit us up with it uh, I'm assuming we're talking about the gondolas the skyliner well actually it was pumpkin Walt spice macaroons but okay oh, let's, let's, oh. let's go on the gondolas first fine yeah, fine yeah. let's talk about the gondolas fine. for a minute and then we can have the controversial pumpkin discussion spice. Uh, when this and i'm gonna go on my soapbox just for a minute um just bear with me we need a sound effect for this for now and when there's a soapbox ran- we like bubbles we need like a rising. we need a sound effect for this so people know okay very good um when they announced this and i'm gonna tell you i don't know if i've said this in a previous episode because i've said it several times when they announced this i thought Fantastic. Number one, it's a different transportation option. And Lord knows that Disney needs more transportation and not only just more transportation, less ground transportation, more transportation above the fold, above everybody. Right. So when they announced this, I thought that's the key. The first thing I was very excited about it. Number two, um, Constantly moving, pretty much. So I'm like, it's kind of like the TTA, Omni Mover type thing. Just constantly moving. Fantastic. Three, um, the thing that I kind of miss about Walt Disney World is that it is a world. It's supposed to be four parks, one world. But there's nothing really connecting them. We've got a monorail that connects Magic Kingdom with Epcot. And that's great. That little area there, you have the monorail, you can see it as you're coming in, and that's great. But the other parks, the other resorts, they're just kind of out there, and there's nothing really connecting them. So I thought the Skyliner would be fantastic. When you drive onto property, you're going to see these amazing gondolas going across, zooming around, and it connects everything. It connects the world, and I just I couldn't see where there would be an issue. Now, I'm gonna uh, we can start hitting on the the issues that people have. Number one, uh, some people have an issue with heights. Um, I understand that I'm terrified of heights. Gotcha. Uh, you people and and those people will never get past that. So right, not to dismiss their fear. I get that. Nothing we're going to do or say is going to change that. So they're on the bus. Very good. Okay. Absolutely. And that's fine. This, the second argument, because we'll just zoom by the heights one. You can't, you can't help it. Even though the monorail is also in the air and some people don't have a problem with the monorail. I don't know if it's because the track is actually underneath it. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not, you're not dangling okay. per se, but it's still the same height. So th- to me, that, that is a questionable fear. Um, the next thing is that they were afraid because it didn't have air conditioning in every gondola. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thinking, well, 
it's ventilated, number one, which means if it did happen to stop, and let's talk about the monorail for a second, monorails will stop, and they, they have been known to lose power. It's when the they hot stop. box. <laughs> it is. It's you are now <laughs> in a greenhouse, and people Ooh. are kicking out windows and panicking. I thought, well, that's fine. These things are extremely ventilated, so it doesn't matter. Um, when it comes to that, if you happen to get, at least you've got the breeze and you've got air coming through. So to me, that argument was moot as well. I, I, I just couldn't, I don't understand that argument either. Um, and I guess that's the two big things, right? The two big issues or the fact that it went over water. Went, or- went over water is another one for people because it's, 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 it's like going to the dentist. It's the anticipation. It's seeing pictures. Oh my gosh, you're suspended on this little string. Bear in mind, it is a commercial size cable developed from a gondola company that's guaranteed to hold a significant amount of weight that you can't even fathom. So it's not a string and it goes over water. So yes, it's the fear of the unknown. Very good. Okay. Um, Another one is that when you're on the gondola, you're going to see amazing sights. Some good, some potentially not like what you want to see. Like it spoils like being like down in Walt Disney World. But let's be honest, if you're on a bus, you're passing by areas of Walt Disney World that like aren't always park quality. And if you're on the monorail, you pass by areas that are under construction as well too, you know? So you Mm -hmm. see these things just the same. So that was another knock. Um, a knock-on is what happens if it breaks down? What is the exit plan? What is the strategy? And we are definitely saying it's going to break down at some point. Mm-hmm. There is going to be a power outage at one of the power stations, and it's going to stop. Or you're going to need assistance for some person, or someone's going to fall at a station, and it's going to stop. It's going to happen. It's going to. I, I guarantee it. But... <laughs> I think people have this perspective where they're going to be stuck in this this hot box for four or five hours up in the air. I just don't feel like that's going to happen at this point. And I could be wrong. It could happen tomorrow. But it, this is the point where you and I are, are, are we're kind of smirking in the, good gosh, people. I know it's the cast member previews. <laughs> But it's the gondola system. They This has existed for many, many, many years on various ski resorts, towns, I mean, the way that people are portraying this, this is not coming from any sense of jealousy. Yes, it's fun. And I like to see the YouTube videos, but like the overwhelming support and like tears of joy. And this is the most I've smiled forever. And then the vehement, like, like like hatred for the system. Good Lord, people. It's, it's a transportation system, you know, like (laughs) this can't be, this can't be what your level of excitement is. I will say to you though, it's really cool. It gets traffic off the ground. It's a new way to see the parks. Like, I'm all in support for that. But, like, I just think the swinging of the pendulum, like, nowadays, if your reaction isn't crazy, crazy in favor or crazy, crazy, like, against, like, no one pays attention. So, you'd better be crazy in favor or crazy against. There's no middle ground. There's no, okay, that's cool. Let's move along. Yeah. You know, nowadays, it doesn't, doesn't sell, I guess. So... No, it doesn't, but that's where I am, and I guess that's why I don't sell. 
I, so. I guess, I guess from what I've read and from what I've watched though, you want to find a gondola. I know there, they all have the themed pictures on the gondola. You know, there's, or, or do they all have it? I, I really don't know, but for yeah, the, they do. For the best views, you're obviously not looking directly over that. You're looking out the side windows and whatnot, find the best view possible. Um, we're never, if you're resigned against it for any number of reasons, no one's ever going to convince you to go on a gondola, but mm. I'm excited to try it. I don't know if that's drawing me down to Walt Disney World to go and try the gondola, but I'm excited to try it. But it's uh, you won't see a blog or a vlog or a write-up about being an earth-shaking <laughs> you know, life experience for me, but I do, th- I do think that's cool. Um, yeah. I understand you hear some noise, and that's the, the, the ventilation system, you know, so um, it's not quiet, but it's 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 cool. Let's move along. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, that, that, right? yeah, on I'm that sorry. note. I'm sorry. On that note, though, I was surprised. Pat, or cast member, pre, what? It, open it. Like it's either it's a transportation system. Do we need cat? Are they just guinea pigs? There's merchandise too, the, Michael. There is, is that merch, what there is, is that what the cast member preview? Like, just it, there's an opening day. You open the thing and it goes. Yeah. You know, if they had the new buses, you know, they're painting the buses different colors. Are they going to have cast member previews, pass holder previews for the new buses? No. I mean, it's a transportation system, but it's, it's never open or it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's never been done before, so I kind of get that too as well. I just, I just smirk like everyone has it. Whatever. Here's the path again. I, I know you're aware of it. Um, so it goes from Art of Animation and Pop Century. And it goes to Caribbean Beach, and then it kind of shifts off, and that's a hub to go to the studios. And then if you extend it past Caribbean Beach, it goes towards the Riviera, which then takes another like uh, L-shaped route, and then eventually ends up in Epcot. So it combines Epcot, Riviera, Caribbean Beach, the studios, Art of Animation, and Pop Century. So, yeah, it is cool. I, I do get that. I just, maybe I'm... Maybe maybe it just didn't capture my imagination. Um, that's cool. I don't mean to I don't mean to squash anyone's super level of excitement. I tell you what, I'm more excited about this than I am about um, about about some of the other things. But again, it certainly hasn't affected me to make a trip just to try it. So, well, what about pumpkin spice? What's uh, your level of excitement for pumpkin, pumpkin spice? spice? Oh my gosh! Okay, so do you have a context for this story? So we're just joking about this, obviously. There is a new pumpkin spice macaroon um, at the ice cream store in France in Epcot. So we just joke and we jest here. We have two stories left. Michael, are you pro or con pumpkin spice? I need to know. This is important information. We need to know this right now. Pro or con? Oh, I, I am completely pro as i'm drinking my pumpkin spice coffee mate in my coffee this morning okay, okay. and i have a pumpkin roll in the refrigerator Dang. you're pumpkin yeah. you're the pumpkin king all right so do you <laughs> do you feel that same way come november 1st well yeah okay here's i tell you what the reason why i ask you that is funny but maybe not january 1st <laughs> okay what i get i'm like pumpkin spice dude as well but when i get past like november like the 2nd or 3rd I'm out of pumpkin spice. That's gone. That season is done. I'm looking for candy cane season at this point. I'm looking for peppermint. You know, I, like 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 overnight, like Walt Disney World decorations. Pumpkin spice is out. Candy canes are in. That's that's what I'm looking for. 
You don't feel uh, that way? You know what? You know what? I could see that too. Yeah, Christmas seems to try to sneak in faster and faster every year for me. I, I wouldn't be opposed to 365 Christmas um, and then next year 366 days because I love Christmas. But I, I guess I guess I could see that, yeah, because I seem to be fickle in my taste because I'm all about the pumpkin spice smells and, you know, the harvest smells. And then all of a sudden the Christmas ones come and it's like, OK, you're done. So, yeah, because the Christmas hit the road, smells, pumpkin. <laughs> exactly. The Christmas stuff takes precedent every time. You know, I try to put myself in your position in Scott Ferrioli, Beef Accent's position living down in Florida and Peter's. What must fall like? Like in Chicago, we have this change, obviously. It's 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 beautiful. You just feel this little cool breeze come in. But like down by you, it's just in theory. It's just theoretical that falls here because it's the exact same temperature, right? I mean, how, how do you yeah. how do you prepare for the fall? Is it is pumpkin spice the defining factor of the fall for you guys? Is that it once you see pumpkin spice in the shelf? Well, that, the smells, the harvest stuff in the stores, it's still all the same, just hot <laughs> just warmer um and you know if it gets down to 72 or whatever i can get the chili pot out and start okay. making some chili but there is a new pumpkin spice macaroon at mike can you help me with the title here la artisan can you help me no, with I, I can't speak french des glasses in in france in epcot all right. I've got one more story, and I want to end with something I've been preaching for a while, and I probably should have had better preparation for this story. It just occurred to me when we were reading today. Were you aware that Disney was interested in buying Twitter? Were you aware of this? No. Were you aware that Disney was interested and bailed on the purchase? They I know that they had a fallout with Twitter, yes. but I didn't know why. Do you know what Bob Iger quoted? No. Okay. So then Disney went on to go and buy uh, an additional product. And I'm searching right now for the, for, the, for the news story. So from, and this is paraphrasing. So if I've got this wrong, I do apologize. So like not the most reputable news source is Chris paraphrasing. So people are rolling their eyes right now. Um, Disney was interested in purchasing Twitter. Bob Iger then came out and said, the level of nastiness is like unprecedented on Twitter. Remember, I, I, I kind of... Oh, I do remember that quote. Yeah, right. Yeah, because you had posted it. Yes. So the level of nastiness is like unprecedented, okay? Which is not necessarily going to be a death knell for Twitter. But if I was interested in purchasing Twitter and I was a major company, one of the biggest of the big not only left a purchase transaction, he also kicked me on the way out. You know, so I've been shunned by the Disney Corporation and he kind of threw mud in my eye on the way out, Okay. Why do you think that Twitter is the platform that it is? And so we have a presence on Twitter and we promote shows and we're careful with engagement. It's intentional. We don't engage. Facebook is our show and your show's primary source of engagement because mm -hmm. I think we have more of a connection, but there's more of etiquette like you posted that belong on Facebook than there is on Twitter. Why do you think that is? Why is Twitter... I don't want to use the word like... Um, like, like like a snake pit. It's not. I mean, there are good things on Twitter, too, as well. I, I've seen some posts that made me smile. But why do you think Twitter is so conducive to such, like, negativity? Well, here, here's what and I thought about it more, even after I posted what I had said. Um, and, and what I had said was that basically Twitter, it, it's not so much that there's more anonymity, but it's the fact that um, everybody can be seen. And they know that. So the more uh, 
to your point that you said earlier, the more they can make it crazy um, one way or the other, the more attention they're going to get. And some people feed off of that. And that's just an environment for trolls, just mm-hmm. to have an environment where anyone can latch on to what they say and give them, uh, you know, that energy that they need. I think the thing with Twitter is Twitter has always uh, been kind of different than Facebook in the fact that they haven't really monitored things as well. Um, They have pretty much been a freedom of speech platform uh, from what I gather when going on there. It's, you know, people can say what they want to say to a point. They will, you know, certain things will be taken off, but they're much, they're not as quick to take things off as Facebook is. And I think that Facebook is, I know it sounds silly, but it just seems like that they are more in the world, take it out off and review it and possibly put it back on. Um, Whereas Twitter is more like, well, we're going to leave it on there while we review type of thing, you know? So, so I think that that is pretty much the angle um, to where trolls have tried to be successful on Facebook and aren't as successful. There's ways to block them. There's ways to uh, report them. And I just don't see as many of those safeguards on Twitter. Maybe they're there, and I don't know about it because I don't use the platform as much. So, so let, let me let me throw some more statements at you, and let me, you can develop a, a different opinion, perhaps. This is Disney tried to buy it a couple of years ago in like 2016, 2017. The reason this is out now was Bob Iger told Jim Cramer this recently on um, uh, CNBC right here about on mad money he had an interview with him so this is just coming out right now so i want to read off a few quotes here okay um i got cold feet for the right reasons uh i thought we'd be taking on responsibility that we shouldn't take on because it was too complex in terms of twitter's place in the world i thought there are things that disney does well and there are things that disney doesn't do well but there are things that disney shouldn't even try to do well and that was one of them so uh, it just didn't feel Disney to me. These are all quotes from Bob Iger. Uh, you know, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Twitter is a complex uh, media publisher, you know? I mean, I mean it, is, it is opinions. It, it, I, I, someone made a great point, and it was in our EdCat group. And it was like, in today's day, maybe this was you, Michael. Like, if you don't have an opinion that's crazy outlandish, no one cares. Mm-hmm. No one cares. You got to be super, super like troll esque to get attention, or you got to be a really good guy for people to get attention. But the people that are going to pay attention to the really good guy isn't nearly as much as the troll. And everyone's got an opinion. Everyone wants to shock the next person. Everyone wants to updo the next person. I get it. Like, like it's not good, you know. So yeah. um, they bought an interest later on. Remember I tell you they bought other companies. They bought an interest in BamTech, which is a sports streaming website. And then later on, you know, with the purchasing of, of, of or the starting of Disney Plus and the acquiring of this, that, and the other. But um, they were going to buy Twitter for a while. I will say, I will say um, after they left the transaction, shares of Twitter fell 30%. All right. However... Right now, I don't know if it's a reflection of society, they've climbed 154% to date, which was yesterday. So they've rebounded Twitter. So I would think it would be the exact opposite way. It's gone the opposite way where Twitter has retained value. But um, 
Yeah, the last thing, and then if you read social media, it's like, oh, because Disney only wants people to talk about pixie dusk. No, we've had an intelligent discussion on pros and cons. Everyone can have this discussion, but please, you know, I mean, I mean, a little decorum, people, a little bit of context, uh, you know, and and a little bit of like understanding of where both sides coming from help helps make a better, well-educated, well-rounded opinion. You know. Yep. All right, so. If you've uh, if you've stuck with us this far, we really appreciate that. There'll be a lot of new shows to come. Michael's my my uh, my buddy, and we're trying to get this every second week. If you don't know by now, I'm going to take the mic from Michael, and I'm going to say he's got a YouTube channel called Theme Park Brothers, and you're up to how many subscribers, Michael? Uh, forty four fifty as of this morning. Okay, so you're approaching five thousand here soon mm-hmm. enough what is the focus of your channel uh the focus has been uh, mainly <laughs> mainly well at this time of year yes until november 1st um no mainly just travel um the parks theme parks not only disney but universal sea world bush gardens uh, we've taken trips as north as canada's wonderland and uh, we just try to go to different different parks have experiences as a family and then try to share those with everybody else so okay besides that if you didn't if if you didn't want to even look at michael's family and you were like i don't want to see watch theme park brothers because his camera work and his editing is like top notch as good as you're going to find on youtube and by the way you're also going to fall in love with his kids and you know michael's michael's wife's a sweetheart so look at their channel especially for parks information and for experiences at SeaWorld, bush gardens walt disney world universal uh canada's wonderland anywhere you could imagine uh they've been uh bush gardens williamsburg uh yes that's, that's another one resort videos so check them out it's theme park brothers uh youtube channel at theme park boys on twitter no uh no nastiness or trolls please um <laughs> and if you stayed with us this long, you know, obviously we're the WW Review on Twitter, uh, the same on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called Edcot, E-D-C-O-T, which has taken a life of its own with some of the best people I know. Um, and again, a lot of these people were just down recently with us at the Indie Disney Meet, and it was one of the one of the best experiences I've had. So join us on Edcot and uh you know like our page like michael's page we have been buddies for a long time so a lot of things we do we end up uh doing together so um i couldn't be prouder and 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 happier that you're willing to come on with me with these new shows too buddy i appreciate it i you know i like i've said before life can be kind of challenging and just having this time to sit and talk you know about disney with you know i would say my best friend out there is incredible so i appreciate it awesome All right, we want to wish you a great pumpkin spice-filled day. Catch you on the flippity-flop. With pumpkin spice. With pumpkin spice. (laughs) 